Welcome to So Dead, a podcast where, with your help, we might be able to make a real difference in this crazy world. I'm Jen Carpenter. And I'm Danny Fairman. Happy True Crime Tuesday. And happy Taco Tuesday, Deadheads. Today we're going to shed some light on missing persons cases in Michigan. Our hope is that someone out there listening knows something and will feel compelled to help bring closure to the families involved. All right, let's do this. Okay. I'm going to tell you about the 2018 disappearance of Kevin Graves from the Electric Forest Festival in Rothbury, Michigan. So this one's pretty recent. Mm-hmm. It's been just a little over 10 months since Kevin went missing. Um, and we've had plans to cover this case for mm-hmm. a while. I think it's been on our list since we very first made our right. first big list. Right. Uh, and then a couple of months ago, the podcast The Vanished did an episode on Kevin with a ton of good information. Mm-hmm. So I got a lot of my information from there, which we don't usually use other podcasts mm-hmm. as a research tool, um, but they just did an excellent job with it. She's amazing. Yes. I listen to her regularly. Yes. She covers every case with respect. And Absolutely. She's incredible. Um, and a lot of the stuff I knew because I've been following this case since the very beginning, but I did lean on the vanished for help with this one. So I just wanted to give them mm-hmm. credit for that. Um, so Rothbury is a small town about 130 miles northwest of Lansing near the Lake Michigan coastline. It is the home of the Double JJ Ranch and Resort, which um, I'm not going to go into a big long thing. This is not a travel podcast uh, or a Yelp review, but um, I took my family to the Double JJ Ranch last summer. Not a fan. Um, at all. I remember your posts about this and you were kind of pissed, right? I was pissed. Yeah. So, I mean, we've talked before about how my family likes to take lots of weird trips together. Mm -hmm. So by no means am I bougie. Um, I don't need a five-star resort with room service, Uh, but that place for the money that we paid, uh, one of the worst mini vacations that we've ever taken. And that's um, the Yelp review, folks. Do not recommend, yeah. Um, and it's really sad because it's a pretty unique space, and I think mm-hmm. it could be a great destination spot, but it's it's just not. They probably have a great vision and just bad execution. Yes. I like to give people the benefit of the yes. doubt. Um, so anyway, the Double JJ Ranch is home to a monster-sized yearly music festival called the Electric Forest Festival. And when I say big... The population of Rothbury is under 500 people. Electric Forest brings in tens of thousands of people every year. Um, And Double JJ is a 1,200-acre ranch, so it's definitely got the space. Um, Is it JJJJ? It's Double JJ. So you would think if it was Double J, if they just wanted you to say Double J, that's what it would say. It says double and then has two J's. So it's like four J's. J's. J, J. It's the quadruple J's. Mm-hmm. Yes. Do you remember that? I'm totally side noting here because this is not a funny episode, but mm-hmm. whenever somebody says JJ, I think of that house that was on Aurelius and Kavanaugh. And it said on the garage, JJ live here. No, I don't remember that at all. (laughs) Some of you listening, you remember that. Send us the picture of this house. I know somebody's got a picture. Send us a picture of JJ's house. Okay. Anyway, go on. Okay. So the Electric Forest Festival is a trippy, glow-in-the-dark, drug-infused, multi-day EDM fever dream. Um, EDM, if you're old like me and only listen to the 90s station on Sirius XM, (laughs) uh, stands for Electronic Dance Music. 
I think, right? Some, mm-hmm. some think version so. of that. Um, so last year, the festival was held over two weekends, from June 21st to 24th, and again from June 28th to July 1st. It is estimated that 30,000 people attended the first weekend That's of crazy. the festival, and 40,000 people attended the second weekend. So 70,000 people in two weeks in a town where 500 people live. <laughs> That's, That's overwhelming. How much this festival. Do you think they ran out of food town. at the stores? For sure. Like For they're sure. like, what's happening here? Or yeah. is this something that they have yearly? Yes. Okay, so they were probably prepared. They do it different every year. So some years it's only one weekend, but last year it was two weeks. Okay. And I think they're going back to that this year, but last year it was two weekends in a that row. That probably sustains the town for the whole year. Oh, of course. Absolutely. <laughs> That's um, nuts. So this is huge. Um, Mm -hmm. The Michigan State Police are in charge of the event's safety and security, although it's overall considered to be a pretty peaceful, safe event. Mm -hmm. During last year's festival, 97 complaints were taken by police and less than 30 arrests were made. Wow. Out of over 70,000 people. That's pretty cool. Yeah, that's not bad I mean, how many arrests do you think are made at Common Ground? Millions. (laughs) Common Ground is a music (laughs) festival here in Lansing, for those of you not Michigan is full. If you really look, it is full. Full of so many festivals and activities I in the hate summer months. Outdoor music festivals. I'm just going to say it. <gasps> you do. I hate them, but we can talk about that later. Um, hmm. So, 28 year old Kevin Graves and his girlfriend Kayla attended the second weekend of Electric Forest Festival last year. Kevin grew up in the Detroit area and, according to his family, was just a good average kid. Mm-hmm. He was stubborn. He got into trouble here and there, but nothing major. Um, He wasn't book smart, but he was good at fixing things, which was something that he learned from his father. After high school, he worked at his dad's auto repair shop in Dearborn, then at a company called Roush Racing. He worked for a while as a handyman at the Detroit Metro Airport. So just those kinds of, you know, blue-collar, hands-on jobs. Right. Um, And he was good at them. He lived in Highland, Michigan, uh, which is near Detroit, with his girlfriend Kayla and her two young children. Um he remained close with his family, and he talked to his mother daily and his sister, who lives out of state now, every couple days or so. So still just, you know, mm-hmm. all in the same area, very tight-knit family. Right. Um, Kevin and Kayla left for Rothbury, which was about a three-hour drive from their home, on June 27th of 2018. They planned to attend all three days of the Electric Forest Festival that weekend with a couple of friends and were supposed to travel back home on July 2nd. Kevin spoke to his father shortly before he left and asked if the two of them could go to the family cabin the day he got back to finish up some repairs they were working on so that the cabin would be ready for 4th of July holiday. 4th of July is a big one in Michigan. Yes, it is. Yes. It is. Um, Everybody goes up north. Up north. Or to the lake. (laughs) Mm -hmm. He spoke to his sister the day he left and was supposed to call her again the day he got back. He checked in with his mom to let her know that they'd made it safely to the festival and gotten all set up at their campsite and texted both his mom and his sister regularly for the first couple of days he was gone. It wasn't until Sunday, July 1st, the third day of the festival, that Kevin's family began to worry that something was off. On Sunday morning, around 8 a.m., he sent his father a random out-of-the-blue text that said, Thank for service, Dad. Later that afternoon, his mom checked in. She sent him a text Mm -hmm. around noon that said, How are you guys doing? He texted back the word, nothing. She asked, is everything okay? He again responded with, nothing. A couple hours later, he sent his sister a text that said, everything is good. I love you the most. And that was the last anyone in Kevin's family would ever hear from him. 
Um, sometime between his text to his mom and his text to his sister, he went to an ATM and withdrew $200. And a short time later, he disappeared and has not been seen since. According to Kevin's girlfriend, Kayla, it was not all peace and love at the Electric Forest that weekend. Kevin accused Kayla of cheating on him with one of the friends they attended the festival with, a man named James. Um, Kevin's behavior was described as jealous and erratic before he and Kayla got into one final argument the day he disappeared. Two stories have been reported to police on what happened that day, and it's unclear which, if either of them, is accurate. Uh, the first story was that Kevin and Kayla got into a fight at the festival. He said he was going to go back into the tent, uh, which was in the camping area, and he stormed off. When Kayla returned to the tent, Kevin wasn't there, and nobody has seen him since. The other story was that the two got into a fight on their way from the camping area to the festival, and Kayla was the one that went back to the tent. Kevin was supposed to continue on to the festival with James, uh, the friend that they went to the festival with, but the two split up for some reason, and Kevin just never came back. So they kind of split at a point. Kevin was supposed to grab something. James was supposed to grab something. They were supposed to meet back up, and Kevin never showed back up. Hmm. Um Whatever happened, Kevin Graves was gone, lost in a sea of thirty to 40,000 festival attendees in an unfamiliar area thick with forests, swamps, ponds, and streams. Before notifying Kevin's family that he was missing, Kayla called her own dad for help, and the two of them searched for Kevin themselves before contacting the Graves family. What? Remember this, because this is important later. Mm-hmm. A call was made to the police to report Kevin missing, and that's where things got complicated. Because Kevin lived in Oakland County, that's where the missing persons report had to be filed. Even though he disappeared, clear from the other side of the state. Why? I don't know. Is don't, that? Do you think that's like a Michigan thing? Like a police know. thing? I think if it's a child, you know... You, I've thought a lot about this and why, because mm-hmm. it doesn't make sense to me. I think if it's a child, like, you know that they went missing from that spot, so that's where they went missing. If he's an adult, he can do whatever the hell he wants, so right. it's home that he's missing from because he never came back there. Sure. Does that kind of make it sense? It does. I've just heard this a lot. Yeah, I, I don't know the the exact reason, and maybe mm-hmm. someone can help us understand that. But um, right. So they had to report him missing in Oakland County, but... The Michigan State Police, so they've got jurisdiction over his case in Oakland County, near Detroit, where he's from, nowhere near where he actually went missing. Right. They can't um, investigate it. That area, the Michigan State Police have jurisdiction over. Um, and it seems, from some of the things I've read, that this has been used as, I don't want to say an excuse, but for lack of a better word, an excuse, for the two agencies to kind of shift responsibility to one another and for nobody to do anything. Um, meanwhile... Who's looking for this kid? Right. And I say kid. Um, I know he's a grown-ass man, but uh, listen. He's young. I'm old, and anybody more than five years younger than me is still a kid to me. So right. um, <laughs> that's just the way life works. So at first, Kayla and Kevin's families worked together to try to find him. Um, they set up a command post near the campground. They searched together. She answered all of their questions over and over, and then something changed. Kevin's family said they first noticed it when they asked Kayla for Kevin's phone records, which only she had access to because his phone was in her name. So if they wanted these records, she had to give them unless they had like a subpoena or something like that. Um, They said she got defensive and became uncooperative at that point. 
Uh, It was reported that Kayla drained Kevin's bank account and packed up all of his belongings, that she refused to talk to Kevin's family or answer any of their questions anymore. She even went so far as to black them all on social media. Mm. Um, This was all very upsetting for Kevin's family, of course, because they were just trying to do whatever they could to find Kevin. And they figured if anyone had any answers or information, it was going to be Kayla. Sure, of course. Um, But from Kayla's perspective, Kevin just left her. Right. He took off. He broke her heart. She's pissed at him. He left her with people looking at her like she was guilty of doing something. So why should she continue to go out of her way to try to help the man who'd abandoned her hundreds of miles from home? Um, She said that she used the money in his bank account to continue paying his bills so that he wouldn't default on his loans. She didn't take it. Um, Mm -hmm. She boxed up his things because he left her and she didn't want to have to keep looking at his shit. Right. Which makes sense. Yeah, Um, but at some point, don't you kind of go, something's not right. People are worried. Right. Um, And I think she was worried at first, but she was also mad. Right. Um, She said that as she was packing up his belongings, she found syringes among his things. Mm -hmm. um, And that while she stopped communicating with his family, she continued to cooperate with police. So she told them, I'll answer any questions you have. I'm done dealing with them. Fair. Which I I think that that is fair. Um, I get it. So... You did what you could. You answered their questions. You told them everything you know. How long do you say stuck in this spot with the family of the boyfriend that you feel like ghosted you? Mm-hmm. Um, and you don't it, know what those conversations or interactions exactly. were like. Were they hostile? Right. And sure. so I completely, completely understand both sides. I 100% see the side of the family. They need answers. They're going to do whatever it takes to get them. But I also understand, you know, the scorned girlfriend wanting nothing to do with the situation where she right. feels like her boyfriend just dipped out on her and left her to deal with a mess um if the family pushes her too hard they seem crazy and accusatory if she pulls away too much she appears to be guilty Guilty. of something Mm -hmm. um and so that's just you know it's a tough situation for everyone involved here's my question especially we don't know what happened yes is she dating james i don't know okay i don't know um not that that would provide any answers but it i mean it you know I, I don't know. I, I feel like probably not because I feel like I would have found that in the research that I did if right. that was the situation, but right. I'm not sure. Anyway. Um, but why is finding Kevin between Kayla and his family anyway? Right. Agreed. Why aren't the police the ones trying to solve this thing? Well, I'll tell you. Uh, part of it is that thing we talked about earlier where the jurisdiction issue between where Kevin lived and where he disappeared from made mm-hmm. things complicated in a way that, again, I, I don't really understand it. Right. Um, the other thing is, okay, I'm going to choose my words carefully, um, but listen, the detective in Oakland County that's in charge of Kevin's case, he does not seem to be a real big fan of Kevin's. Um, they interviewed him on The Vanished. So you hear him in his mm-hmm. own words, in his own voice. Mm-hmm. It's not them re-saying things that he has said. It's him saying these right. things. Um, and I'll just say that if I was Kevin's family, this is not the man that I would want in charge of Kevin's case. Um, not because he's not competent. I don't know anything about him. I don't right. even actually remember his name. Um, I didn't write it down. So if I don't write something down, it disappears. Right. Um But he just seemed very annoyed by the whole thing, Um, like it's a waste of his time. He said that he believes Kevin is alive and that he left of his own free will. At one point, he said something like, I wish I did know where Kevin was, but very much said it in a way that 
he doesn't want to know because he's genuinely concerned about mm-hmm. Kevin's well-being. But just to get it off his desk. He just wants that shit off his desk. Exactly. Um, Which could- probably, I mean, and I don't want this to come across as like heartless or anything or insensitive, but from the eyes of any police officer, it's work to them. Not that they're not emotionally involved, but when you can check something off your list, I'm sure that is kind of a whoo. Okay. And if he does genuinely believe that Kevin left on his own, um, right. then to him it's resources and time and money right. spent where it doesn't need to be. So right. on one hand, I get it. But again, you it's know, still, from it's the lives. perspective of the family, it's a different kind this of is job. the man that's supposed to be helping you, and I would just feel right. And those so jobs lost. are different than the rest of ours. Mm-hmm. So, And, you know, I mean, I could be wrong, but if you listen to this episode of The Vanished mm-hmm. about Kevin Graves and listen to him talk about Kevin, I think that you'll hear it, too. Um, because it is not subtle, not at all. Um, and I don't know if things were always this way. Maybe mm-hmm. some things have kind of happened along the way that we don't know right. about. Right. Maybe he knows things that he's not at liberty to disclose. But I do know that listening to him talk about Kevin left me feeling really sad and really hopeless for the family mm-hmm. and had my jaw to the floor more than once. Um, and then add to that, Kevin's sister said that at one point she asked him what information she'd got he'd gotten from James and Crystal, which were the friends that attended Electric Forest with Kevin and Kayla. The detective told Kevin's sister that he wasn't aware they'd gone to the festival with friends and therefore had not questioned them. This is weeks later. And James was supposedly one of the last people that saw Kevin. Um, So, again, I think we're talking, she said, weeks after the disappearance, and the detective in charge has not even interviewed the last person to see Kevin. He still hasn't? He has now, but he hadn't weeks later, and that's a little crazy. Right. Right? Yeah. Well, yeah. So what did happen to Kevin Graves? Um, There are several theories. Kevin's family does not believe that he would just take off or that he would go this long without contacting anyone. It's been almost a year. Um, They said he was close to his family. He had a good job. He loved his girlfriend. He loved her kids, and he gave every indication to everyone before he left that he was going to be back in a few days. Mm Mm-hmm. The detective in charge of the case believes that all signs point to Kevin simply taking off because he could, because he had nothing tying him down. He had no children of his own. The house was in Kayla's name. His car was broken down. There's speculation that he thought she was cheating on him. Why not just take off and start over? Mm -hmm. Um, Both sides are in agreement that they do not think that Kayla did anything to Kevin. The detective seems to be very much on Kayla's side and of her same mindset that Kevin just kind of took off. The family doesn't think she did anything malicious or violent, but they do think that she might know more than she's saying. Um, Another thing everyone is in agreement on is that they don't believe Kevin is in the area he disappeared from. Police dogs, divers, state police, and volunteers are confident that they have searched every inch of the Double JJ Ranch and its surrounding area, and that if Kevin were there, dead or alive, they would have found him by now. I don't, I don't agree with that. Did you go out? I mean, you've been there. Did you go? We after were there this? a month later. Oh, less oh. than a month later. We were there about three weeks after he went missing. That's not because um, we were there mid July, and this happened at the July first. Um, and I'm. Me, and I knew he was missing. I actually showed pictures of him to the kids mm-hmm. and said, while we're out and about doing things, if you see anything, anyone that looks like this, let me know. Right. Um, 
And just everywhere we were, I was... Like on high alert. Yes. There is so much. There are so many hills and valleys and thick forested areas and ponds and little lakes and big lakes. Hmm. I don't see a scenario in which they could be confident that they've searched every inch of that. Um, I remember this sense of kind of helpless feeling. Like I, I, in my mind, you know, we... Every time we left our room, we had to drive past this big, empty stadium, right? dirty. I mean, they hadn't even finished cleaning it up fully where the music was. And so I would look at that and I would think, okay, he was here. He was right here. Right. This is the last like place he eerie. was. He was just here a couple of weeks ago. Where'd he go? Where could he go? And when you look out from there and you branch out from there, the possibilities are just endless. endless. And I don't understand how anyone could say that they've searched every inch of that. I don't believe that. Um, So here are some of the theories about what happened to Kevin. Um, The one that I would really like to believe is that Kevin met some people at the festival and decided to take off with them and travel to other festivals or start over somewhere new. Um, It's a shitty thing to do to Kayla and to his family if that's what happened. But it ends with Kevin safe and hopefully happy. And I think that's how everyone would like Mm -hmm. to see this end. Um, Some of Kevin's friend told police that he often talked about moving out to California to work on a pot farm and maybe (laughs) eventually start his own. So maybe he met some people that offered him that opportunity and he just went. It's possible, right? Okay. Um, Anything is. Another theory and... Having been to the ranch and seen that area, I can see this, but I really, really hope it isn't true. Um, Maybe what Kayla and her friends said happened is exactly what happened. There was some sort of argument, and Kevin stormed off. I'm confident that it would be very, very easy to get lost out there, Mm -hmm. especially if you're under the influence of drugs, which Kevin may or may not have been. Um, Those last texts he sent his family certainly give an indication that something was off. If drugs were involved, he might have OD'd somewhere, or he might have wandered off and wound up in a spot he couldn't get out of, a deep ditch or a pond or a swamp right. or a lake. Um, there is so much out there. And I n- know they said they searched everywhere, but I just don't think that that's possible. Um, I genuinely hope that's not what happened, but I feel like it is a very credible theory. Um, then there is the cult I theory. I just don't think it's safe for any situation or circumstance for somebody to say, we've searched everywhere. No. We're washing our hands of being done searching. Right. We should never stop searching. Right. So then there's uh, the cult theory, <laughs> which is kind of a dark twist to the, he just took off with someone he met at the festival idea. Mm-hmm. Um, apparently there is a cult-like organization called the 12 Tribes that travels to events like Electric Forest looking for new members to recruit. Uh, People strung out on drugs, people without serious attachments that would be willing to just hop in a van and go start a new life. Um, Now, you guys don't at me over this. I did not do any research at all on the 12 tribes because I find cults boring, honestly. I don't know why, I just do. Um, So I'm just repeating something that I read um, with absolutely no fact-checking whatsoever. What did you say? I find them very fascinating. I don't. I'm... I've found in all of the things that I watch and read, all of the things that Mm -hmm. we do, if it involves cults or religion, I'm out. Um, The keepers, no thanks. I tried. 
Not interested. I find it all fascinating. I don't. Like, what is it in people's brains that make them follow this person? Yeah. And what makes it in the person's brain that makes them maybe a, f- a leader like for that? For me, it's you know they say that the reason that people are fascinated with true crime it's the human condition and mm-hmm. when it's religion or cults involved i cannot relate in any way because it's so foreign to me that my it's brain super just foreign can't to me. relate I, I don't know if that's the reason i just when right. when either of those is involved i'm just not interested for some right. reason and, and both of those why. are super foreign to me and i think maybe that's like i'm just seeking to understand mm-hmm. you know yeah. anyway sorry I'm not Go sure ahead. um so Kevin's family does not buy the theory about the 12 tribes. Uh, They fully vetted it, and they found 12 tribes to actually be very helpful. They've talked to members of the organization, um, and they are confident that the group has nothing to do with Kevin's disappearance. Um, Another theory has to do with the legend of Carl. And I think that this is the most out there idea of them all. But again, we don't know what happened. Anything's possible. So the legend of Carl goes like this. Back in 2008, when the Electric Forest Festival was still called the Rothberry Music Festival, a man named Carl took some really bad drugs, or some really good drugs, I guess, depends on how you Mm -hmm. look at it, (laughs) Um, and he got separated from his friends. So for the entire four-day festival, his friends walked around shouting his name, calling out, Carl! Carl! (laughs) More and more people joined them until that was all you could hear. Shouts of Carl over the music and the chaos. So Stop. Is this walking. true? Yes. <laughs> so everyone's just walking around yelling, Carl. Um, and then on the fourth day of the festival, as things were winding down, Carl emerged from the crowd whole and renewed and a legend. To this day, people show up at the festival with signs and shirts referencing the possibly fictitious Carl. So it's, I mean, like, it might not have happened, but it's a real thing. Um, Stop. I swear to God. Um, it's a big deal. It's an inside joke that everybody's in on. Like, the real Carl is fine. If So the story about Carl may not be true, but the legend of Carl is true. So people really do walk around yelling Carl. They have the shirts and the signs and Carl's a thing, whether he was real or not. I want a Carl shirt. Oh my gosh. Um, Anyway. So apparently Kevin loved the legend of Carl. Mm. And there are those that think that he was trying to pull off a similar feat and maybe something went wrong. Or maybe he took it too far and liked being missing so much that he just decided to stay gone permanently. No. I don't know. Um, I think it, that's a weird one, but that that's a theory, is that the legend of Carl plays into his decision to leave and that it was voluntary. So I don't, I don't know if you know this. Um, so Kayla, his girlfriend, mm-hmm. claims that she found syringes when mm-hmm. she was packing up his stuff. Mm-hmm. Does his... Does he have a history? Maybe you covered that already. Does he have a history of drug use? That does his family believe it? The episode of the vanished was there were interviews with the family, um, and it was a very fair and balanced, but it was mm-hmm. very much from their perspective because Kayla wouldn't do an interview, right? Right. Um, so it kind of gives that impression a bit, but at the same time, doesn't. So they're saying no. Right. And then there well, are I these, know eh, the maybe. host, Marissa, she will cover cases and a lot of times some of them are drug, you mm-hmm. know, people who have used drugs or abused them in the past. It and sounds, a lot of times I think it gives 
the ability to people to just throw that story or yes. that missing person away. And she doesn't allow that. I think it sounds like he has maybe not drug abuse, but drug use. Sure. Okay. And Electric Forest Festival is very much driven by drug use. Okay. So even if he didn't normally every day in his Monday to Friday life, right? Maybe I would say there's more than a chance that okay. that weekend he was. Okay. Um, but again, I'm just curious I, I if yeah. maybe he jumped up with like, like, what is the likelihood of him going with a group that are heavy drug users? Right. For me, that likelihood is zero because I don't play with drugs but what if they had tacos right like i would join a taco cult right but (laughs) (laughs) you know what i mean like so what is the likelihood we hear all these scenarios Mm -hmm. but not knowing the person and what they did what is the likelihood because me the likelihood is zero but it's it's really fascinating if you listen to that episode of the vanished because uh, his sister is in it quite a bit. She's featured mm-hmm. very prominently. I've heard it. And on the one I... hand, she'll say, like, no, no, he wouldn't. Right. And then on the other hand, she'll say, I hope this is what he did. And and so I get it both ways. Is mm-hmm. it you don't want to believe that he would do it, but maybe he did, or that you really don't think he would, but you're just hoping he did. Right. Because then he's alive somewhere. Right. And he'll right. come back someday. Mm-hmm. Um, there's one more theory. Oh and this gosh. one I really, really hate because out of all of them, this is the darkest. Um, after Kevin went missing, his family set up a command post near the campgrounds. One day, a woman approached them and asked to look at one of their fires. After seeing a photo of Kevin, she said she was confident that she'd seen him at a nearby restaurant. She was at a Mexican restaurant having lunch when a man... Tacos? Kev- probably tacos. Um, a man, um, Kevin, according to her, wandered inside, shoeless dirty and strung Mm. out on drugs asking people for money he kept telling people my girlfriend and her dad dumped me here and remember that when he went missing kayla didn't call his family kayla went and got her dad and came back and her and her dads were the ones searching for kevin at first um what this was in that town yes okay yeah um so with that being something that that was true, that was just a really odd detail for oh her gosh. to add to the story. Right. So Kevin's family went straight to the restaurant with photos of him and multiple employees remembered the incident and said that the man was definitely Kevin after Stop seeing it. pictures of Kevin. Oh um, my gosh, I just got chills. They searched the whole area, but the man was long gone. So did something go bad between Kevin and Kayla and her dad came to help and they didn't hurt him, but they just... Listen, druggie, we're kicking you out into the woods. Figure it out yourself. And he never did. I don't know. But that one to me was really fascinating because... I feel like my eyeballs are really big right now. Yeah, this woman that didn't know anything about the case needed to look at a picture of him to even see. Just this weird thing happened and I know this guy's missing. Let me see if I can put the two together. Made that comment, my girlfriend and her dad, without knowing that Kayla and her dad were the first ones searching for Kevin. So that one was really weird to me. So that brings us back to the question. The one people have been asking for almost a year. Where is Kevin Graves? Is he alive? Is he dead? If he's alive, why hasn't he reached out to his family in all this time, either to ask them for help or to let them know he's okay? 
His family believes it's possible that he doesn't know anybody's phone numbers by heart, and that's the reason that he mm-hmm. hasn't called. If he lost his phone, where he had everybody's numbers stored, or if something happened to it, he may not have had a way to contact anyone. Mm. Because who memorizes phone numbers these mm. days, right? Yeah, not me. Also, if he's on drugs, or if he suffered from some sort of mental breakdown, that could definitely play a role in him being too disoriented to find his way home. Kevin's family has shared that he has had issues with paranoia and delusions in the okay. past. So there is some mental okay. illness history there. Um, was Kevin Graves the victim of foul play or an unfortunate accident? Or is he out there somewhere, either in need of help or living his best life? Until these questions are answered, the Graves family will live every single day wondering if today's the day that Kevin comes walking through that door. And that, to me, like, that is unimaginable. Mm-hmm. Um, right. How do you The not function? knowing. Yes. I think um, that's... Kevin's case yeah. really, really stands out to me because I think in the majority of missing persons cases, especially involving adults, there's the assumption that this person's dead and all we're really looking for is right. a body and to figure out who did it. But that's not the case with Kevin. I don't um, think he's dead. And I think that's what makes this one so much worse uh-huh. for me. Um, according to authorities, every year someone goes missing from Electric Forest. Oh my gosh. Yes, but most of them come home. So let's hope that soon Kevin will too. If you know anything at all about the disappearance of Kevin Graves, please call the Oakland County Sheriff's Department at 248-858-4950 and reference case number 18124834. So that's the disappearance of Kevin Graves. That's a crazy story. I know. So I am covering the case of Mary Lands. Uh, Mary Lands, who was born Mary Marshall, went missing on Friday, March 12th in 2004. Okay. She went missing from Marshall, Michigan. She worked in the medical field, had two children, son Josh, who is about to have a child with his girlfriend, and a daughter, Stacy, who, 15 at the time, lived with her dad in Atlanta because she did not get along with Mary's fiance. So Marshall, just really quick in we you Super know, small Lansing town. is the center of the universe for us, right? Right. So Marshall is east, west. It's a it's little west, south. Southwest ish. Mm-hmm. Um maybe like a forty minute drive. Yeah. It's near Kalamazoo. Kalamazoo. Yes. Have you ever been to Marshall? Oh yeah, I love it. The downtown is so darn cute with all those little shops. It's adorable. And they have the best Mexican food restaurant. Do they? Mm-hmm. See, I didn't go there. We're going to have to make a trip. Yeah, because... They take cash only. They are the... <laughs> good to know. <laughs> they are the next nearest um, haunted tour locally. Oh, yeah. They have a... It's, I can't remember what it's called, but Marshall does a haunted tour, and I've always wanted to do it because it's our nearest neighbor that does them, I believe. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they have quite the history. Last time I was there, I was walking down the street, and this truck drove by, and off it fell a handgun in the middle <gasps> of the road. No! And they, it just laid there like nobody went and picked it up. A gun in the middle of the road? Mm-hmm. And little old Marshall. Oh, I my was like, gosh. Oh, interesting. I was like, I'm not touching that. But. Marshall's actually on our list to do a paranormal episode one of these days but we have to go there first and, right and actually experience some things mm-hmm. before we're ready to talk about it that'll be fun it's on okay. the agenda though so um mary's parents moved to california in the beginning of march that year 
and they asked Mary to go with them. Okay. She said no. She was so excited to be a grandma that she wanted to stick around. Understandable. Of course. Of course. Um, so she opted to stay in Marshall, where she lived with her fiancé, Chris Pratt. Wait. And no, it is not Star-Lord, Chris Pratt. Well, Star-Lord can still suck it at this moment in my life. I know, I I'm agree. a huge Marvel fan. No spoilers, guys. Um I don't need I know them. You can't spoil anything for me, but you know. But the the Chris Pratt is also getting backlash right now in like the media for yeah. some of his religious beliefs, yeah. which is neither here nor there. So and not something we want to dive into on this no. podcast. But what what an what an unfortunate name to share. It is an unfortunate name because, you know, this Chris Pratt that I'm talking about is a super douche of a guy. Super douche of a guy? He's a super douche of a guy. So Chris Pratt, Chris Pratt if your name's Chris Pratt, that's hard to say. Chris Pratt. If your name's Chris Pratt, you're either a superhero or a super douche. Mm-hmm. That's it. So, yeah, exactly. Okay. So on Sunday, March 14th, 2004, Chris called Mary's parents and asked if she was with them in California after all because he hadn't seen her. Oh, so sorry. Did my girlfriend that lives with me move with you? Hi. Hi. Hello. Yes. <laughs> ring, ring. Um, hi. Is Mary with you? Because, Not like, you know, all the way across you. the country. Is she there? Wouldn't your, like, red flags be like, ding, ding? Right. Wouldn't, if that was a feasible anything, wouldn't he have noticed if her shit was gone? Right. Ridiculous. I know. So. Try harder, Chris Pratt. uh Uh-huh. After um, they stated, no, she's not here, they end the conversation, and immediately they're like, that fucker did something to her. Hell yes, he did. Because. Because again, it's it not. Make sense. She, it's not. They don't live across town. They just moved to, to California. Right, they like drove from Michigan to California. They're getting settled. They wanted her to move. She said no, and then they've been there a couple of days, and they get a phone call. Hey, right. is she with you? Did she move across the country? She I didn't. I don't she know. Didn't, I mean, I'm gonna marry her, but I just was. I don't know. I live I with her. Know. All her shit's what, still here. She but go? I'm an idiot. Fucker. Um, He's about as smart as Star Lord. So the next day, Mary's brother, who also lived in Marshall, reported her missing to the Marshall Police Department. So now he calls Sunday. She's reported missing Monday. Okay. Um, Marshall Police begin the investigation on Tuesday, March 16th. Okay. Why? Maybe it was late. So they maybe it was the end four, of business. Maybe because that was the 48-hour cap. Like, okay, yeah. it's been 48 that's hours. The thing, we get to so go. That's so frustrating. And I get it. Mm-hmm. I get it and I don't. I get it as a, you know, we have to give people time. Yeah. Adults can do what they want, go where they want. We can't throw right. all of our resources every time you can't find somebody. I know, but, still. but you know what? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so this is actually, they initially consider it as she's a runaway. She's an adult choosing to stay away. She So she just left. Yeah. Right. So, and this is where I've inserted in my story here, you know, I get so frustrated because time and time again, I get that there are hundreds of people mi- reported missing daily. Right. I get it. And you can't put all of your resources into every single one. But can we, like, as the justice system as a whole, figure something out with this process? Because I feel like every time it becomes an actual missing person case, 
there is a big chunk of time that is missing. We've lost we, so much yes. evidence, time, We've, chance. Something's got to change. Yes. I, I don't have the answer, so I don't want to sit here and you criticize. Don't. But no, I don't. Damn it. We'll come up with an answer. I know. Manny. But I do feel like what something needs to change. Here? Right. Yeah. I agree. Anyway. Um, so the conclusion was that Mary had taken off on her own and was staying gone by choice or something happened to her. Like, you know, she was hit by a car. Wouldn't they? Right. They'd find her on the long the side of the road or at the hospital. They'd have to be looking for her, but yeah. Right. right. Exactly. Um, so why did they come to this conclusion? Because when police initially interviewed Chris, he stated that Mary had left the apartment they shared that Friday night between 10 and 10.30 p.m. So she went, she left on foot at 10.30 p.m. Friday, Friday night. He called her parents on Sunday. After she didn't hey, come home Hey, is she with you? That kind of... You didn't need her the whole weekend? That might make... Mm, that Depending on the nature of their relationship. Sure. I mean, they didn't have kids together. And we know the nature. They were older. Um and they'd had an so argument, maybe, and that's why she yeah, left. Yeah, if they got in a fight and she left, okay, she's staying with some friends probably this weekend or doing whatever. But now it's Sunday night, and we've got to go back to work tomorrow morning, and she's still not here. So that, I mean... So you would think that would make sense until the rest of the story okay. falls into place. Okay, hit me with so, it. So when she left, she was still wearing her work clothes, which were scrubs, since okay. she was in the medical field. Mm-hmm. Her leather bomber jacket, which she loved so much. I loved my leather bomber jacket I loved my in the too. 90s. And she took her purse with her. So it was one degree out that night, windy and snowing. And she left on foot, so Chris says, even though she had just recently bought a brand new Dodge Durango. Oh. Ain't nobody going to be leaving on foot when you have... In the middle of winter. In the middle of winter with wind and snow in Nowheresville, Marshall... When you have a car. Right. You no. know what I mean? A brand new car that you're excited about. Yeah, that doesn't make any sense. Does not make sense at all. Like, that's, again, another red flag. Yes. So, and nor did she take her phone either. Another red flag. People right. always take their cell phone. Even in 2004, so she people were taking their phone. Keys, her car, or her phone. Right. Just a leather jacket, some scrubs, and a purse. Right. So, the timeline of that Friday night is between 6.30 and 7.00. She visited a local party store, which they have surveillance video of. Okay. And she bought pop and a gum. <laughs> pop and a gum? It's not pop and a gum. Gum it's and pop? Gum and a pop. Gum and soda? Or soda, as uh-huh. some would say. A Verner's. <laughs> um, they have her on video okay. making this purchase. Okay. So it's legit. That's where she was. After the store, she met Chris at a tanning salon where if you see pictures of her, she was always like tanned. gorgeously tanned. Yeah. Um, and employees at that tanning salon say that they heard them arguing while they were there and while they were leaving. You think they argued from bed to bed, like through the wall, <laughs> with the goggles on? Use the bed. No, I'm using a hex. Use I'd be, the bed. No, I'm using I'd a hex. I'd be so pissed. I haven't tanned in years, clearly. I, I look like I Snow White over here. Um, but... I would have been so pissed if someone fought with me while I was in the tanning bed. Because that's I'm your place to I'm relax. In Hawaii. I know. Like you are. Like I'm listening to that 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 in in bed music. Mm-hmm. It's those a real, very relaxing yeah. moment to tan. Don't argue it is with me, me time. That's right. Shut the fuck up and let me tan. Thank you. Um. <laughs> so Mary had plans to go out with a friend that night, 
But when that friend arrived, Chris said, she's not available. Can I just say that if I showed up at your house and Dax comes to the door and is like, Jen's not available, I'd be like, the fuck she's not. (laughs) That bitch can call me and tell me she's not available. If she wants to dump me tonight, she needs to tell me. I drove all the way out here to Wacousta. Right. And she's fucking available. Right. Right. She's available to tell me herself that she's not available. And what a weird thing to say. Not like she came down sick or she went to bed early. She's not available. But I thought she left you. I thought she left because you got in a fight. And I couldn't find what what the time time was that this person came over. Yeah, that's shady as hell. uh Uh-huh. But when... Here's a little different shadiness to it okay when they got back home from the tanning salon chris's cousin adam was at the apartment so there's someone else there so there's someone else there i have not found a damn thing about what this adam guy has to say huh i don't know if i want to know but i can't find anything i want to know i don't want him to tell me no no adam don't call us we don't want to know you can write us but don't i don't want to talk to you send us a facebook message right um, <laughs> so yeah, so anyway, I like in my head, I'm going, I'm like trying to picture this situation. He pops out of the apartment and says she's unavailable. Is Adam still there? Right. You know, like I have so many questions yeah. that I could not find answers for. Yeah. So Mary's parents come back to Michigan. Right. Immediately. And they've been here ever since. So they had these big dreams to go out to California, enjoy, you know, life out in the sunshine. And their daughter goes missing. They come all the way back. Like within a month. One way or another. Right. Mm -hmm. So they feel like the police is not really handling this case and they're not really investigating it the way that they think it should be held. That they they, they are not now or that they never did? They never did. Okay. They just feel like from the get, it's just not what they would envision for an investigation to be. So they hire private investigator Jim Carlin. Okay. Um, Jim Carlin presents the family with medical records. And they're going, what? You know. Medical records for what? So these medical records show that over the past few years, while she's been with Chris Pratt, um, that she has come in for broken bones. <gasps> Yeah. You um, would think the police might have looked into this a little bit? A little bit. Back to what you said at the beginning. Mm-hmm. Um, so she's missing Friday. Her family calls the police Monday. But when they talk to Chris, when they find out she's missing on Sunday, their initial reaction right. is that fucker did something to her. So right. that would be what they called the police saying. Not just, oh, hey, Mary's missing. We don't know where she right. went. Our daughter is missing. Her fucking fiancé did something. Something right. happened. Something's That's gone. what they're telling the police. Which so is, the police have to investigate it how they have mm-hmm. to investigate it, but you would think that they would at least explore that as an avenue and you would think. they would have gotten the medical records There's reasons. instead of a private investigator doing mm-hmm. it. There's reasons. And it's interesting, too, because it said that her entire family, except for her daughter, really liked Chris. Hmm. They really liked but him. But her daughter didn't like him. But her daughter didn't like him. So red flag, I don't know. I mean, she was 15. You know, so you either go red flag or you're a 15-year-old who hates everybody. But is that why she everybody. was living with her dad? 
Well, if she was witnessing abuse. Right. That's what I'm saying. She lived right. across the country with her dad. Is that why? Right. It's because she didn't want to be she in didn't. that house with him. Like, that's serious right. to me. I that's agree. not just an I don't like him. If a teenage girl mm-hmm. is willing to uproot her life and move across the country to get away from someone, right. there's a reason. And, and, you know, Mary must have been under some sort of spell because it sure sounds like family meant the world to her. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So to let her daughter... You just, when you're in a situation like that and you're being abused, right. you know, your, your entire, everything is skewed. Yep. Your brain's just so yeah. fucked up. That yeah. And you make excuses for You them. make excuses. Your yep. decisions are not the ones you would normally make. So exactly. I, I, yeah, but that's definitely something that sounds like it didn't get taken very seriously. No, and exactly. It, and it should have. Right. And, you know, her family had no idea that she was being abused. But further into the investigation, they found evidence that she had plans to leave Chris. Oh. Um, and was planning to press charges for assault <gasps> against him. Which, again, you'd think the police would have had a, an idea. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You would okay. think. But so now Chris, his cell phone was in Mary's name. And that's because I'm guessing that Douche Lord had bad credit. Yeah, or the family plan was cheaper. Yeah. One or the other. In 2004, think about how you paid for your minutes. You needed, like, heavy credit to yeah. get a cell phone. True. You know what I mean? True. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not like it is now where anybody can go get a cell phone. Um, so the family was able to obtain the cell phone records. 36 hours after Mary went missing, so this is before she, Chris had made the phone call to them. So she went missing Friday night, so like Saturday 2 a.m.-ish. They notice um, that an officer who was with the Marshall PD, I'm not going to say his name, okay, uh, had called Chris's phone at 2 a.m. What? Mm-hmm. And the call lasted 11 minutes. That's a long phone that's a, call. That's a big phone call. I fucking hate talking on the phone. The and only- you your ass better not be talking to me for 11 minutes. Send right. me a text and we'll take care of business. So the only time I call people is if I'm driving and I'm worried I'm going to forget the thing I need to talk to them about. Mm-hmm. Or if I have right. something really exciting to tell them and I want to hear their voice when I say it. Right. Or if I'm really mad and I want to yell. Sure. For sure. Either way, none of that's 11 minutes. Right. But let's proceed. <laughs> right. Well, in 2004, was there texting in 2004? I mean, yeah, I think so. Maybe not to the... Yeah, but you had to press like that if you wanted... Right, like you had to push three like four times in order to get that number or that letter. Yes. Right. Oh, my God. That was annoying. Um, I wonder if that's a feature I could have enacted on my kids' phones. They would text so much less if they had to really work (laughs) for it. They'd think about what they wanted to say. Right. Oh, my gosh. Okay, let's move on. Um, Okay, so... The officer stated that she that he had stopped in a local bar, the Stagecoach. That's where I ate when I went to Marshall. Is it? Yeah. Is that the only aside from the Mexican <laughs> aside from the Mexican restaurant that I went to? Is that the only other restaurant? Oh no, there are several. They have cute little bakeries. Yeah, they have several too. little places to eat. They but do. yeah, that's where there's a place like, called that's Schuler's, like, which here that's yes. a bookstore. No, there, I've that's seen a restaurant. That. Mm-hmm. But um, maybe this is like the hoppin' bar that stays open all that's night. That's where yeah, that's where I ate when I was there. So I've been to the stagecoach. Right. So while this officer was working, he stepped into the stagecoach. Um and it was two AM and he stopped he says he stepped in to make sure everyone was cool and getting ready to head home. 
everything's cool at the local watering hole before 2 a.m. Because, you know, that's what police officers do. They stop in at the barn. Make sure there's nobody too drunk to drive home. Nobody causing trouble. You think? I, I don't know. I don't live I in don't Marshall. Know. Maybe I shouldn't question. I also that. don't go to bars. I'm very boring, I'm, so right. I have no. So I guess of we reference. don't have any. Yeah. Mm-mm. Okay. Um. So he says Mary's best friend Sue was there and asked to borrow his phone so he so that she could call Mary. What? Instead, she must have called Chris's phone and talked to him for. What? And talk to Chris for 11 minutes. Are you shitting me? He's a police officer and that's the best story he could come up with? Mm-hmm. That a chick in a bar asked to use his phone and then had an 11 minute conversation on it? With Chris. With her friend's boyfriend? But even Because if, Mary's missing at this point. Right. So there's no so scenario So Chris can't come back and say, Mary. no, she was talking to Mary. Right, right. exactly. So Sue says, bullshit. Of this never happened. bullshit. I was not even at the bar that night. I was home sleeping. Oh, my God. So who made that phone call? The cop. You think? I do think. Okay. So Mary's family and friends believe that the case was mishandled because this specific officer, his son is a local known drug dealer. And supposedly so was Chris. Oh, my. And that they did business together. So I take back my answer. Either the officer or his son was on the phone with Chris. Right. Wow. Yeah. So the family believes there's a cover-up to protect one of their officers. Oh, man. Mm-hmm. How upsetting, because like in Kevin's story, it, it wasn't that, but it's just that they believe they weren't getting help and that police right. aren't taking it seriously. How, you know, traumatic to go through losing a loved one, whether they're just missing or whether mm-hmm. they've been murdered, and then the people that you're relying on for help for one reason Are, reason or another, they're either purposely covering it up or just don't care enough to do the work. Like right. I couldn't fathom they're part of the that. Re- they're adding to the layers of why you don't have answers. Right. That's awful. I can't imagine that frustration. Um, so at some point... The officers lose the first year's worth of evidence. What? In Mary's case. (laughs) Did y'all hear that? My stomach is hungry. (laughs) Um, Yes. So the whole first year of them collecting anything gone. And then they that, don't know where it went. It like poof in oh thin God. air. There was no flood. There was no natural disaster. There was no fire. It just disappeared. And, and was it all of their evidence or just hers? Just hers. Oh my gosh. And this includes her Dodge Durango <gasps> that they had impounded. How do you lose a car? I don't fucking know. The last time that they saw it, I've seen pictures of the last time it was seen. It had no tires on it. What? Mm-hmm. And it was like sitting in a field. What? Like, so- if this is evidence, you need to not put it in outside where the elements can right. damage it or but anything. But also, when we're even talking about the evidence, not only did they lose what they had, but what they had wasn't much because right. they waited so long to actually start collecting evidence and considering it mm-hmm. possibly any version of a crime. Right. Okay. So I, when I was looking at the Facebook page that covers this you know you go down this rabbit hole of comments and everything Mm -hmm. so when somebody posted 
about the car, um, I saw a comment of a woman who had bought an exact <gasps> make and model from an auction. They sold it at auction. And nobody ever, like, I don't know if a private message ended up happening with her, but I so badly wanted to reach out and be like, did you get her car? Right. Is this hers? Oh, my god! Because if this is evidence, first of all, the family asked for her car back. Right. They, you can't just. You can't just sell it. No. Uh, can you? I don't, I don't think so. I don't think I know the rules behind that. I think that maybe if a. You know, they, they sell, you know, vehicles owned by criminals that have gone away to jail all the time. But a missing woman? No, you right. can't just you take just her shit it. and sell it. Right, it's And evidence. use the money to buy new badges. <laughs> Are you kidding? That's right. ridiculous. I know. So I, like, want to dig into that yeah, even further. For sure. I just didn't want to overstep. Yeah. So if you're listening, girl with the Durango. Girl with the Durango. Call us. Um. <laughs> <laughs> so it gets a little weird. Three okay. months after, as if it's not already, three months after Mary goes missing, they have a flea market in Marshall and Chris sets up a booth. I love flea markets. I love me a good flea market. I want but to know the also, story of everything I know this there. is a very serious story, but it is very serious. I'm just picturing Chris, the Chris Pratt with a booth <laughs> at a flea market right now. With all his movie memorabilia. His little rocket action <laughs> figures. Nope, nope. That's not what it was. Okay. So Douche Lord, not Star Lord. Okay. He sets up a booth at the Marshall Flea Market. And he's selling all of Mary's belongings. No. He is. Including her leather bomber jacket <gasps> that she was wearing when she left no. the night she went missing. Yeah. Can you believe that? So remind me, they said she took... Her jacket and what? In her purse. Two things that Two things. that he was very specific that she left the house with. Correct. And, and now he's got one of them. And now he's selling one of them. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. So one of Mary's family members sees him at the flea market, confronts him. He freaks out, writes on a piece of paper free, throws it on the table, and takes off. What? <laughs> so, yeah. Like, I guess... Chris like, Pratt, like, you are not away, a smart man. guy. You know, like, how arrogant. How fucking arrogant. So, I mean, we don't know what happened, right? Still at this time, she's still missing. Right. But I think we know what happened. And so if we're assuming mm-hmm. that Chris has done something to her, how goddamn arrogant can you be to three months after you've murdered someone, try to sell her belongings, sell what should be evidence right. at a flea market in the town where she lived and you live and you killed her and her family still lives. Mm-hmm. Like that is just pure ignorance and arrogance. It's, it's insane. Mm-hmm. Okay. Nope. I agree. So a family member, you know, finds him, he writes free, blah, blah, blah. So this family member calls her dad, Mary's father. Okay. And the father calls Marshall PD. Right. Do, this is evidence. Can Are you going to go seize this? Are you going to get this? jacket that my daughter was wearing right. when she went missing is at a flea market and her boyfriend's trying yes. to sell it. Yeah. Go go get the stuff. You want to know what their response was? Probably not, but tell We're me not anyway. going to go get it. But you're welcome to go get it, and then you can bring it to us if Are you want. Are you serious? Weren't they? Oh, no, they weren't in need of more evidence yet because they hadn't lost everything yet. Not yet, because we're only three months in. Oh, so my late, God. About nine months after this. So 
you know. I guess good thing they didn't go get it. Right? Because they would have lost it. They would have lost it at all. Um, <laughs> another weird element to this. Okay. So she took off with her purse. Okay. Mary always kept her birth certificate in her purse. Okay. Nobody knows why. Was it a little weird? Yeah, probably, but she always had it with her. Okay. The year after she goes missing, Chris visits Mary's mom at her work and brings her the birth certificate <gasps> and says, this is a Mother's Day gift for you. Are you serious? So now... Whether she's dead or whatever the... Re- like, I don't care if you're missing. I don't care what it is. That's not a Mother's Day gift. That's really Go weird. Fuck yourself, Number man. one. Number two, now that's two things that mm-hmm. she should have had on her when she left that's the house. Right. And he's got them both. Yes. And this raises no red flags for police. Guess not. Oh, my God. <laughs> um, Shortly after Mary disappears, Douche Lord starts dating a girl. I really like that nickname, by Douche the way. Lord? Yeah. I kind of like it, sure. too. I've adopted it for him. Yes. Um, In 2007... He was sentenced to 15 years in prison for abusing her. His girlfriend after Mary. Yes. Oh, my God. So, yay. But the boo is that he only served four of those 15 years. Of course he did. Mm -hmm. Um, How – I'm sorry. Just that's – even though he didn't serve the whole sentence – 15 years for domestic abuse is seems like a lot. It does to me. seem like a lot. So what he must have done to her. But I got to tell you when I googled him, he's got like mugshots all over the place. Does he? He's so got he's lots a of them. Heat so offender. He, yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Well, because he was a drug dealer, mm-hmm. now he's a, a convicted abuser. Mm-hmm. He's never been named a suspect in the case. Never been named a suspect. And Mary's just I am. No. No. Yes, he has. Douche Lord, you are a suspect <laughs> in the disappearance By of the Mary Lance. He has never been named. <laughs> well, make me, give me a badge. <laughs> right. Um, but most recently, November eight, 2018, he was arrested once again. For the sexual assault of a 16-year-old girl, and he's still being held for the crime. Oh, my God. So just recently, when he was getting ready to stand trial, his lawyer um, asked for a delay in the trial because Chris wasn't sure he felt physically well enough to stand trial. Did he get his ass beat? He got his ass <laughs> fucking beat in jail. I saw that picture. He had, like, the two, two black, black eyes. eyes. like. The worst black eyes I've ever seen he in my life. He looked like more like Rocket the raccoon. He than sure did. Chris Pratt. He sure do. Like he can't. You can kick the shit out of a woman, but you can't. No, I got my eyes blackened, so now I can't stand trial. That you fuck. know, like come on, douche um, lord for sure. Right. So on a serious note, most of the town believes Chris killed Mary. Um, sadly, Mary was declared dead in 2011. Mm-hmm. Family and friends held a memorial for her that year to say their goodbyes. Um, there has been a vigil or a memorial every year since she's went missing, except this past year was the first year that they did not. Her parents said at some point you just have to move on. Um, her parents still live in the area and they are fighting for her justice. Okay. Um, you can read more about her story on her Facebook page, Justice for Mary Denise Lands. Which we've been in contact with them. Her cousin, Angela, runs that page. Correct. And so we've talked to the family directly. Mm-hmm. Right. Because um, this wasn't a story this, that was on our radar. No, this was not at all. Um, actually, this was 
a listener suggestion. Yep. Pam Sturgill. Thank you, Pam. Thank you, Pam. And, and this is important. This is the kind yeah. of stuff we want. Like even if, you know, there are, once we find out about things, I know I felt like an asshole. Marshall's not that far away. Mm-hmm. There have been billboards. There's this missing oh, woman. Oh, there's a ton out there on And it. I didn't know about it. There's been like a Dateline story so, about it. Right. So even if you think like, oh, they've got to know this or they, they have to have heard of that, send it anyways. Right. Um, You know, we'll, we'll always take it into consideration. We mm-hmm. may cover it. We may not. But anytime that we can help bring awareness, and, and that's what we took from our conversations with Mary's family, right. they want awareness. Yep. It's been 15 years. Um, just, just in March has been yeah. 15 years. They want answers. They want justice. That's right. So in the beginning, it was this woman took off on her own, but at what point? Um, right. The two things she was supposed to leave with have turned back up in right. the hands of her fiancé that was beating her, that she was going to press charges for, who has since been convicted of brutally beating another woman Mm -hmm. and raping a teenage girl. Yep. I mean, the answer is there. Right. It's one of those unpunished crimes. Chris Pratt. Douche lord. Douche lord, indeed. So that's my story of Mary Lance. Okay. Um, All right, everyone. It's file dump time. Today we're going to talk about our favorite movies. Let's we're going to lighten this up a little. Lighten bit. it up a little. Mm-hmm. So, my, what's your favorite movie? It depends on my mood. Mine too. Um, but I would have to say, if I the one movie that I've consistently remained like super obsessed with and will watch it anytime it comes on, no matter how long it is, uh, Titanic. Okay, I saw Titanic in the theater. <laughs> Probably Mine seven so times, and that's a four-hour movie, so it that's is. a that's a thing. Um, I paid a lot of money in my young years, my late teens, early twenties. I had a to go see Celine Dion to sing the song. I didn't do that. Oh. No, I had <laughs> coal from the Titanic, like actual coal Stop. from the Titanic, with a certificate of authenticity. I had. Not just posters like you would buy at Meyer or Walmart. Mm-hmm. I had full-on movie posters, almost floor-to-ceiling, every single one of them in my adult woman room. I was a mother, um, and I had a Titanic <laughs> replica lamp, so a replica of the lamps in the first class. You weird girl. Listen, I wore the heart of the ocean to my senior prom. We're done. <laughs> We're done. And even still, even still, just this last year or the year before, they but came... But I thought they threw it back in the ocean in the end. Well, not the real one. Did you love the Britney Spears song? No. Oops. No. I did it again. No. That's not what song it was, I don't think, but yes, no. Yes, it was. It's an Oops, I did... I'll, I'll take your word. With the red vinyl. That's not Oops, I did it again. <laughs> I wish you guys could see Danny doing that Britney Spears dances right now. No. I was a huge Britney Spears fan. And Oops, I'm, I did it again. Oh, no, I'm confusing. You're right. Just don't talk to me about the, Britney Spears. Okay. I get it. Um, I know what you're talking about. Got it. I listened to 90s. I had just heard it the other day. I listened to 90s on Sirius all day, every day. Okay. So, um, but Titanic. just recently, just like within the past last summer or the summer before they had a titanic exhibit at the museum in flint yeah museum Did my you cousin go? and I, yeah i fucking went my cousin and i went we bought 
pictures of us standing on the staircase. I bought Titanic replica salt and pepper shakers that are in my kitchen with salt and pepper in them. Like, I just got I've the been rose. To your house. Why have I not noticed this? Because they just look cute. They don't look Maybe. like overtly Titanic. Do you still have the lamp? No, I don't have a lamp. I don't know what happened to that. I probably sold it to buy diapers or something. I don't know. <laughs> um, I have, I just got the Rose and Jack, those Funko Pop. Like, I love oh, those. We have mm-hmm. the marble we ones. We love and, those here. Yep, I just got the Rose and Jack um, Pop vinyls. And then, um, yeah, I'm just a huge nerd. I love that. I love Titanic. That was very not what I, like. That's not what you so expected? So not what I expected. Uh-uh. <laughs> Mine is True Lies. Really? Uh-huh. Freaking love that movie. Okay. I have a post I have a poster of it in my basement. Do you? Uh, I do. Awesome. I love that movie. I quote it constantly. I didn't know that. That's mm-hmm. not I don't know what I would have guessed, but that's not it. Probably Titanic. I think I would swap like knowing us, I would have probably Listen, swapped them. When Titanic came out on two VHS tapes. Two, right? Because it was so long. That's right. It was a box set, but it was just one movie on two ta- on two tapes. Um, my best friend Trini and I stood outside of Best Buy at midnight, waiting for it to open oh to my buy gosh. it. Nerd, nerd, I love it. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you guys so much for making us part of your day. Remember to rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast and follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and Patreon at So Dead Podcast. You can also find us online at SoDeadPodcast.com and email us your feedback and story ideas to SoDeadPodcast at gmail.com. If you or someone you know is a victim of domestic violence, get help. Call the National Domestic Violence Hotline at one 800 799 Now get out there and shine. You magnificent what the fucks.